0: Probably like you in the past hour and a half or two hours leading up to this, I've kind of felt the frenzy of, of the day, but we gather around something way more important than the hustle and, and the bustle, and I'm excited for what is ahead this evening. So it's April, and um, you know, as I think back to April last year, how, if you remember, how many of you were here, and we talked about the red cord of hope and that was kind of a a big deal within our um within our ministry last year and the and the lord took that a lot of different directions um the, a lot of different directions and so as i think about how we're in april again and um and that he's asked us to focus on his love tonight i'm excited for what's ahead so because it is april april showers bring may flowers and the sharing's going to be a little different tonight it's going to be like a little bit of showering And uh, I'm going to set up the framework for the evening, and then my friend Hannah is going to come and share, and then my mom is going to come and share. And um, before we move forward with that, I have one announcement that I want to make you aware of um, that you hear it from me, and you hear the heart behind it before you see it on social media, Um, whether this is an event that you need to come to, I want to personally invite you to it, or that you know someone that would want to come. On May 3rd, that's the first Tuesday of the month, uh, next month, there, these little flyers are up various places in here, and it says you're invited to walk in to freedom and exchange. And this particular event is an event that is exclusively for women who have had abortions. And, um, and we felt led as a ministry to open our doors so that anyone who carries um, the weight of that could just walk in to, to freedom, and it doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to be a secret. It doesn't have to be um, a wait anymore. They could just. We're just literally going to have our doors open. We're going to have some things prepared, and we're going to be ready to meet anyone that would show up um, ahead of Mother's Day is that weekend. And I really think that God loves the women in our community so much that that's what He wants us in our ministry to focus on that week. So it's a (laughs) walk-in. That's what it's called. It's a walk-in, and it's going to be on the evening of May May 3rd, and it is only for women who have walked through that and want to walk into a place where they can be loved on and experience freedom um, and uh, the compassion of the Lord through other women. So, Moving on, the love of God. Last month, I shared about the testimony of the work of the Holy Spirit in, in my life. And, um, and normally, um, I think... Quite a bit about where are we going to go next month, but just that next day, the Lord was the Lord told me you need to tell them about one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, um, as a minister of the heart of God through the Father and the Son, He does a lot of different things, and we can talk about those at another time. But tonight we're focusing on one thing that the Holy Spirit does, and that is pouring the love of God into our hearts. And so this verse is the framework for everything, and this is in Romans 5. It's an incredible chapter all the, all the way through. So this is Romans 5.5, 5, and it says, and hope does not disappoint, because actually, as I think about it, I taught on this verse in the context of hope last year in April, but we're going to shift. Hope does not disappoint, Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And so as I think about these April showers and I think about our hearts, we know that the word describes our hearts as soil beds. And I've just been praying that our hearts would be softened, supernaturally, all of us, me included, softened to receive that pour out of God's love over us. And um, the, I don't know if Jesse's doing this song later or not, but there's, there's a song called Reckless Love that was really popular a few years ago, and, uh, and it talks about how Jesus leaves the 99 and he, he goes after the one, and I had some junior high girls with me once, and it was the first time I'd heard this song in 2018, and, um, and they loved it. And I'm like, do you guys know what that's about? And they're like, we have no idea, but we love that song. And, um, and so it was awesome because it, it gave me an opportunity to share uh, the gospel with them. And if you don't know what it's about, I'm just briefly going to tell you before I turn it over to Hannah, because I think that tonight, um, all of us um, kind of receive the love of God as one of the characters in this story. And so in Luke, fa- Luke 15, uh, Jesus is called out by the Pharisees for hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. And and Jesus responds to the Pharisees about why he does this by telling them uh, three short stories. And the first short story is about a shepherd who has um, a hundred sheep. And one of the sheep wanders off and gets estranged from the flock. And it says that, that the shepherd goes and he finds that one sheep and he puts it on his shoulders and he carries it home. And then he goes on to say that there's joy in heaven over this one sinner that repents. And so then he goes on to share a story about a woman with a lost coin. And it says, I'm just paraphrasing. This is in Luke 15. It says, who, who, if they had a jar of 10 coins and then then one fell and it was lost, who wouldn't... um, light a lamp and, and, and take a broom and start sweeping through the house until they found the one coin. And then it goes on to say um, that there's joy in the presence of angels and there's rejoicing when this coin has been found. And then finally, there's, this, there's the familiar story of the prodigal son, which expresses kind of a different variation of the, the person who was in a good situation and they ran off um, to, to do their own thing. And um, and God, the, representing the Father in the story, He waited for them to return, and He had an inheritance and a, and a celebration. And so I share that to say, because I think really as we look at those, if you want to dive into Luke 15, I think you actually see the ministry of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, and the Father represented in, the, in these three examples. But when I think about the sheep, I think about how often that's been me, where I've, where I've wandered off, and then I'm like, I've, I know that I've, I've wandered off, and it's, it's the love of God for God so loved the world that he sent his only son um, to, to rescue us, to save us through, through his death. And so to the one that is in this room, and whether this, is just, whether this is specific to your soul, whether it's specific just to a facet of your life, but to the person who has wandered off kind of in innocence, and now you're like, I don't know where I am, and I've lost my bearings, the love of God seeks you out tonight to the one in here that is much more like the coin that has just maybe got, I always picture the coin being under like a, a rug or covered up by something in the house that you just got buried in the circumstances of life. You didn't go hopping out of a jar like to be a lost coin, but I think about this beautiful image of this woman lighting this lamp and of sweeping through and moving things around until um, what was lost could be procured. I think that represents a lot lot of our hearts this evening, that maybe we've got out of the presence of knowing the love of God because we've just been buried by the things of our household, by the things of life, and, and the love of God is just it's going to minister and sweep through, and you will be found this evening. And then finally, for those of you who are like, I I know, I just straight up, I straight up left what I have with the Lord because I wanted to try out things in the world, and it didn't really go very well. And uh, my heart to you is to say, the love of God seeks you out tonight, and we want to be among those who celebrate and who rejoice um, with you coming home and receiving what He is so ready to pour out, the love of God into your heart through the Holy Spirit. And so um, finally, in John 15, which is a very familiar passage where it talks about um, bearing fruit, um, Jesus describes in in John 15, toward the end of the chapter, something that's just, it's so key in all of this, and this is my heart for the outcome of tonight. I always want to set an, an expectation. My expectation last month was that we would all leave more filled with the Holy Spirit, than when we came in. My expectation for tonight is that we would all leave with a greater revelation of God's love that brings freedom and disposes fear than when we stepped in. So John 15, I'm going to read in verse 9. It says, just as the Father has loved me, this is Jesus speaking, I've also loved you, abide in my love abide in my love. So there's all this information about fruitfulness that, that we can think of in, in the vine and the branches, but, but where we are to remain, how we remain connected to the branches by abiding in the love of God. So that is the question that I feel like the next speakers are somehow going to answer with their God-inspired downloads. Um, That is the question for us, how do we remain in the love of God? Because I think in different seasons of life, um, we've seen it, we've tasted it, we've known or could perceive that it it was real, maybe even through the ministry of a, a person being Jesus to us, but how do we make that our station of living to abide there and to remain there so that we can experience all those things that we know go along with that, like joy, like peace, and um, in, beforehand it comes up, I just want to share a dream with you. I share this dream when I do Hearts at Rest, and it, it probably makes more sense within that context. Um, but I had a dream, Hearts at Rest is a, an anxiety ministry uh, that, that we do within, within this place, and when we were preparing for that, the Lord gave me a specific dream. And in this dream, um, I had walked into a room where we were going to be talking to women about fear. And, uh, and my mom was in the room. She was kind of like laying down, taking a nap-ish, and, and then there was a man in the back of the room that was, with ha- he was handsome with striking blue eyes. Again, this is a dream. This is not real life, so I want you to like remember that as I'm describing what happens. So I see the man and striking, but I know that he means us harm. Like I understand he is the adversary, and there's no uh, goodwill toward us, and so, in the dream, I tried to, like, go over and, uh, like, let my mom know what's going on and kind of, like, uh, yank her uh, awake. And, um, and as that happens, she ends up kind of squared off against this man. And, and I can see his face and his eyes. And, and, and what I remember, they're, like, squared off on the ground on all, all fours. And his face is covered in, in soot, and there's ash everywhere. And uh, Anyway, I get to realizing that the lights in the room are not fully on, and so in my dream, I run over to the wall where the light switch is in the natural, although I'd never seen that at that, that point, but I run over to where it's at, and I turn the light on so that this man can get a really good look at my mom and I, and I just point blank said to him, hey, do you realize who we are? God loves us. Like, God really loves us, and you are not allowed to be here. And it was done, it was gone. He was gone, it was over. And, um, and so the Lord gave me that revelation a long time ago, and we know that scripture about how perfect love casts out fear, yada, 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 love covers a multitude of sins. Like, we know these things, we hear them with our mind, but but for me, I felt that revelation in my heart of like, okay, no matter what room I'm in, no matter what space I'm in, when, I, when that light comes on for me, when that light comes on for my sisters in Christ, that God loves us and that darkness has no dominion and authority in our life, then it goes. That doesn't mean that the trial and hardship, that it stops, but it just means that when we know that we walk in the love of God, we release any authority that we would give to the enemy to take its place in our life. And so finally, um, I will read this verse that the Lord ministered to me from the word after I had the dream. And this is from the last page in the Old Testament in the book of Malachi. It says, Behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, You'll remember I told you that this man's face was covered in soot and there was ash on the ground. It says, The evildoer will be chaff on the day that is coming that I'm going to set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts. They will have neither root nor branch. But for those who fear my name, the sun, S-U-N, like sunshine, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. You will tread down the wicked, and they will become ashes under the soles of your feet." on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. So I just read that over all of us to say that the Son of Righteousness, that is Jesus Christ, He he is is here, and He has um, extended His wings, and we have the opportunity to find that place of refuge, to find that place of healing, and to find that place of light that dispels every ounce of fear and every stronghold that the enemy would try to bind us up with. So with that, Hannah is my friend. She, I'll introduce Hannah this way. Hannah and I graduated high school the same year from different schools. Hannah um, serves in a local house in this community in leadership. And Hannah and I share family. Her sister is married to my brother. And there are many things that I could say about Hannah, but I know that her heart is to come and minister to you as her sister, because she's the oldest sister of a bunch of sisters, and you're going to hear that tenderness towards you, um, so if you will welcome Hannah. Hannah, if you would just talk us through what God's put on your heart, how can we walk in this, how can we walk in the light of his love, and um, and Hannah is a, a pastor at Victory Life. Thank
1: you. That was good. That was good. It was perfect to set up. <laughs> so, um, thank you guys for just um, being here tonight. It's just really beautiful what God wants to do. Um, so, where I want to just pick up from where you left off was um, a part of my story is I felt like a couple years ago, I kind of came face to face with a battle. And that battle was the battle of fear. So that's kind of where I want to begin. But I want to tell you um, that what I met as I began journeying in this battle was a faithful father. And so I want to talk about his love in light of his faithfulness. And um, in tagging in with the scripture in, in Romans, um, I love the verse 3, 4, and 5. But it says, but that's not all, even in times of trouble trouble we have a joyful confidence knowing and I put in parentheses for my own self sometimes it's a knowing not a feeling that our pressures will develop us patience endurance and patient endurance will refine our character improve improving character leads us back to hope and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy but we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us and as I began just thinking about the love of God, um, I, too, remember that scripture about his perfect love cast out fear. You know, as a girl growing up, for some reason, fear was a struggle for me. Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, necessarily why, but I felt like I kind of had to battle fear growing up. And, and a, a few years ago, it kind of like, and I, I also had a dream, so I think I'm going to share that as well. But that fear became more of a battle, of, and it became just more of an intimidation. And through that, um, I went on a journey with the Lord to discover what does that, I need revelation on the love of God. I need to understand what you mean when you say your perfect love cast out fear. And through that, um, I felt like that he took me on a journey to show me his faithfulness. My upbringing was a great upbringing. I had um, very great parents. Um, I had a great church that I belonged to. But in this season, I found myself really having to search out what does faithfulness with the Father look like. So in that, um, I know that we all all walk through battles and that battle weariness is a real thing. Um, When you feel like you're being attacked on every side, when you feel like if it's not one thing, it's the other, When you feel like it's your family one day, or I mean, it's just anything, battle weariness can really make you um, maybe question the love of God. And so, my hope today is that I'm able to just share in how I discovered his faithfulness, and from that, challenge you with um, discovering his faithfulness. Um, So, I feel like that even in that, um, I want to go to Psalms 61. This is a psalm that um, is really, really awesome in giving us perspective, but before I go there, my first just um, recognition of when I realized that this was a battle that I had to come face to face with, um, it was important that I gain perspective and I just pray that even today, that as you're listening, that God give you perspective in your battles, that he give you um, his eyes to see things from his angle, from his tower, instead of just um, being overwhelmed by it. And the second thing is that he is patient and his love and his strength is ever ending or never ending. It's enduring. And so if you find yourself or if you're walking in relationship with someone that is just in a, in, a, in a battle, or is weary from the battle, um, or is just tired, that you would be able to come alongside them and walk out patience and strength with them, to be an encouragement to them. And um, one thing that through that journey that I, that I keep alluding to, and really what I want to say about that, is that we all face things that we have to Um, We we either hide from or we go face-to-face with. And so whether that battle for you is current or not, um, we all have to come face-to-face with things. And what are we going to do when we come face-to-face to to things? Um, We all can walk into seasons of hopelessness, and it's in those seasons that we have the opportunity to really experience the love of God. And um, some of you guys know um, the testimony of our son Urias. Um, and some of you don't, but um, just a few months before he was born is when I was battling a lot of fears, and as you guys, some know, some don't. We, um, we have five children, and so he's my last, and we went in to have him, and he was born stillborn, and he was um, not alive, and immediately I, I, I had understanding to why I had been battling fear at the root, if that makes sense, Um, And I think that I don't want to put attention or focus on that particular event as much as I just want to say that God prepares us in ways that we may not enjoy the pressures that come, but it is many times preparation for what's ahead. And so let that be an encouragement if you're walking through pressure right now. And I'm not saying something bad's going to happen, but what I'm saying is that He loves you. It's His love for you that is actually helping you be able to navigate what you're walking through. Mm -hmm. And I, I know for me that when pressure came and when I was facing these things, I didn't necessarily feel like this was the love of God. But in hindsight, what I recognize is he was actually demonstrating his faithfulness to prepare me for what was ahead. And so wherever you see yourself or those that you're walking with, Like, just know that he's still being faithful to you right now, that it could be a preparation season, or maybe you're in the middle of the battle, but he's going to continually be faithful to you. And one thing I walk away with from that season is a recognition and a revelation that God's love is always faithful, that it's often our choice to partner in with that faithfulness But if one thing that I can convince you of today is that God's faithfulness never changes. And you know what? I think that um, I I see many of you out there, and I'm sure you've encountered things that you would say, I don't really think that he's been faithful to me. Um, Maybe some things in your story that feel like, man, he really left me, and he didn't really come through the way I wanted him to. And truthfully, when I was battling through just this facing fear I didn't necessarily feel like he was loving me the way that I wanted to feel good. But in that, he continually walked with me and he never gave up on me. And I all of a sudden got my eyes off myself and recognized that he was faithful even when I couldn't see what faithfulness actually looked like. And so maybe you haven't had the victory that you're hoping for, but but do know that his faithfulness will continue to, to chase after you. And if that, if that is what I felt like I was supposed to come tonight and re um, repaint a picture of his faithfulness and how much his faithfulness truly does, um, it, 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 it can't be compromised. And that is his love that cannot be broken. And I know that we have been in relationship with people that have not always demonstrated that Christ-like, faithfulness or love, but let us not compare God's love to, um, the failure of, of someone else, uh, uh, the failure of another relationship that we've felt, but let God be the, (laughs) the standard of what faithfulness looks like, and, um, no matter what that battle is for you, no matter if it's, um, Hopelessness, so a mind battle, no matter if it's a physical battle, if it's your health, or if it's the health of someone you love, um, be convinced that God's plan is only good, that it's only the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, if anything has a mark of killing, stealing, or destroying, that is not the mark of the love of God, that is the mark of the enemy. And so, in that, let us be convinced of his great faithfulness. Um, and in that, that scripture in Romans where it talks about that his love has been poured out, my final thoughts around that are what are we doing with the love that God has freely given to us? So as we journey in life and as we walk through battles, I mean, we're not without these battles, so we might as well see these battles as opportunities for God to demonstrate his love to us, which would be his faithfulness and his trust to us, um, So what do we do with the love of God that has been freely given to us? Um, Maybe some of the things we, we do is we reject it because we don't feel like we're worth his love. That could be one way. Or do we believe that God is like the other people that have hurt us? Or do we actually believe that we could receive his love by faith, believing that he is greater than all of our failures and all of our weaknesses? that he did send his word to heal us and to deliver us from fear. And I know that just culturally speaking and the times we're living in, that things are, uh, we could we have lots of reasons to be afraid. But I hope that you hear even in um, a message of hope tonight that it is his desire to continually walk faithful with you and with us, that often it's more of us turning from him than it ever is him turning away from us. He will remain face-to-face with you. Um, It's our choice to remain face-to-face to to him. So my prayer tonight is that you would come face-to-face with the faithfulness of the love of God that is available through a simple exchange. And that exchange, I I was like, why that word? But I feel like there's something to give to him so you can receive a, a pure love and a pure faithfulness. So if that's giving him anxiety or giving him fear or giving him the battle weariness, that he really wants to exchange that tonight for his love and for his faithfulness. Thank you guys
0: so much. Isn't she a delight? Hannah's full of wisdom and so is my mom that's coming up. But um, I just wanted to share her son, Urias. Um, I don't remember if she said this after, but he, he, how old is Urias now? three, so I wanted to make sure and uh, and bring that story full circle, but um, at, like I said, we share some family, and, and during the time that the, they were walking through that, we were not in fellowship at the same church, um, but sort of in a, a spirit of sisterhood, I would say many had um, rallied um, to pray, and, and to walk, walk through, and and um, I really saw a lot more. I, so I want to say this real quick to honor you, to honor Victory Life. Entourage is multiple church. We're not affiliated with a specific church. But I want to say this to honor you and to honor Victory Life. At that time, I, I learned and I grew so much from, um, from that community. And I felt like and, and said at that time, I feel like you all are a big sister to um, to some other churches and and walking through some things and so I honor that and you honor the sacrifice of what you are not at so that you could be here and and thank you for sharing with us and so um, next is Debbie, she's the best she's my fame
2: so go ahead mom. I'm going to read a lot of scripture because, as you know, the Bible says that uh, the Word of God is a two-edged sword. It cuts going in and it comes coming out, and it is so powerful, and if I forget to say something, you know, the Word's going to say it, and uh, I love the Word. I just love it, and um, Paige asked me to speak 10 minutes on love. (laughs) You are to put... You are to put love in your, if you have a Bible app of the Bible, just put the word love in there and see how many scriptures come up. A lot. A lot. So when I had my quiet time this morning, I'm like, all right, Lord, I have 10 minutes and you know, I like to talk about you. So I I shut my eyes. I said, just, you know, in this quiet place, tell me what I need to talk about. So things would come to mind and I would write it down and that just the word would just because I hide God's Word in my heart. So the Word would just come out, and I'd write it down. And then after I did that, I went back and looked up the Scripture reference. I'm really bad about that, knowing the Word but not knowing the reference. And so after I did that, my favorite teacher is an old-timer. His name is Derek Prince. He is deceased, but he is so powerful. And he's the best teacher. He does everything just like we learn as teachers in education, you know, that little framework to to get to the end, summarize it, key points. So anyway, so I was hurting for time today, had so much get accomplished. So I'll listen to Derek while I do dishes. And so anyway, so I put him in, but there's no just listening to him. You have to get your pencil and note. So, but I was so excited because he kept bringing up the scriptures I did. So that made me feel so good. But I encourage you uh, to his teachings, and he has 12-minute teachings. So that is really neat. That's attainable, you know? That's awesome. All right. So, and Paige, I don't know if you noticed this or if you guys. I usually carry a Bible that's wore out. It's about that thick. It's wilted, and it's brown. So I have ventured out and got a different Bible. That's big. That is big. Because, you know, I got the other one marked up. This is not marked Foster, uh, thank you for letting me use your notebook. I found that at the house today. I'll give it to you afterwards, okay? I I know, that's cool. All right. First of all, as the ladies have mentioned, perfect love casts out all fear. And also, I want to talk about God is love. And I'm going to go, uh, these things kept pointing me back to 1 John 4.18. I'm going to read 1 John 4, I got 7 through 19, I think. Okay, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love, God does not know him because God is love. That's it. Okay, there's a Bible verse that says that God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we've loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us Whoever abides in love abides in him and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because he is so because as he is so also boy that's hard to say so are we in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. All right, okay. Um, First I want to go to that God is love, and I want to say God is love. You guys have heard that. I know you have all heard it, but I want to ask you, do you believe it? For you, because often we can hear that God is love, but it's hard to really believe maybe he doesn't love us as much as another person, because our view of God is distorted by what we hear growing up, by preachers, Sunday school teachers, parents, friends, and so often we may have the wrong perception of what love is, and how we know what love is. We read the word, but God's love is unconditional. But I know this: in order for you to walk in that perfect love, to be full and to love others, you have to know God loves you. And if you're having a hard time believing that, you know, pray. Say, God, help me to know You love me. Uh, another verse you heard a lot tonight, and I love this verse. Perfect love casts out all fear. First John four eighteen. What does it cast out? It casts out all fear. So what is the opposite of fear? I mean of love. Excuse me. Fear. And what does fear look like? It looks like control. Okay. We're thinking. Okay, God, I trust you with this piece of my life, but not this piece. So the opposite is control. And we've got to be able to trust Him. We've got to be able to let go. So we can know God, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're walking and stepping into faith in who He is. We have to not only know God, we have to step into obedience. That gives us the hope to keep on going. Um, Fear constrains us. It's bondage. We need to walk in freedom, guys, We should have so much joy. We should be walking in freedom. You must love yourself. You must believe God loves you. And when I see, you know, I'll get down to that. God loves you. It is one thing to know it, but different to rely on it, to cast yourself upon it, to take a risk. And I want to say that again. That's sort of opposite of control. you got to take a risk. You've got, do you trust God? I mean, do you trust? trust him. Are you willing to step out in faith? Are you willing to cast yourself upon him to yield yourself into his hands, into his unconditional love, to step out into his faith? And often, guys, we don't know what unconditional love looks like uh, because our world puts conditions on us. Often our own family puts conditions on us. We put conditions on us. And I love Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. It said, by grace, by faith, you have been saved through grace. Not of works, lest anybody should brag. Okay, so no one in here needs to be bragging because they're all that. Because, man, we're a mess. We are all a mess, but we're saved by grace. And that's when we got to take our mask off and be real. And I think uh, what people fear is what other people think of them. And people's greatest fear is often other people. So I encourage you, do not fear people. Fear the Lord. Because when you don't fear, you do walk in freedom. You're like, I don't care what they think. It brings freedom. And also, when I talk about trust, that brings freedom, that He's got your back. Because, you know, bad things are going to happen. They've already happened to you, and bad things will happen. And it, it, we have to trust when the Lord says, I will deal with your enemies. <laughs> he will deal with your enemies. That brings me great comfort. Okay. <laughs> okay. And um, anyway, I'll get through this. I know I have 10 minutes. I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, And I encourage you to know the healing power of love. Hosea is a great book that shows God's love for us. If you read about Hosea, and when we talk about in the Old Testament, when uh, God is talking to Israel, that represents Christians today. We are Israel. So when you read the uh, Old Testament, look at that. If he's talking to Israel, he's talking to you. And as you know, Hosea and Gomer and how she uh, just kept running around on her husband, prostituting. She was a mess and she was bad. And I mean a bad. And, and then what did God do? He tells Hosea, you got to love her anyway. Take her back. I mean, she went to get sold in the public auction and no one even wanted her. And Hosea said, I'll take her. So that's how God looks at us. He loves us. And he wants to heal us. And often in healing, and I think so often we need healing, guys. And often we've, we've been wounded by a parent. Not always, you know, and often by a spouse. I just want you to know God is the God that heals. The Word says he will, be, he will never leave nor forsake us. He will be our parent. It also says to the deserted woman that was deserted in her youth, He will be your husband. So I encourage you to trust Him with that. And I can testify of that, because as y'all know, in my testimony after 21 years of marriage, my husband met someone else. He said, I never loved you, so I want a divorce. And so at that point, you know, you are hit face-to-face right then. Your, Your faith is tested. Your faith is tested. But what I knew... And this has been my theme since I've been saved. If the creator of the universe is your best friend, what do you have to worry about? So I'm like, Lord, you've got this. And also, a number biggie. Lord says we have to forgive. We have to love those that hurt us. So because God said I had to forgive, I forgave. it, and it helped me from being in bondage. I was no longer in bondage to him and I was free, so I can testify that God will walk you through the water. He will walk you through the fire, and not only will he walk you through it, he will work all things for your good, and he will bless you with four amazing children and 11 awesome grandchildren. So I'm telling y'all, trust, trust. You must trust. You must yield. You must be obedient. Often things are happening to us because of our disobedience, not because God is a mean God. It's because we are reaping the consequences of taking things into our own hands. The Word of God tells us how to handle everything, ladies. Stay in your Word and uh, rely on the Holy Spirit. And I guess I better get over it to Him. All right. Yeah. In Psalms 27, 9 and 10, it says... Uh, he, even if our parents abandon us, He will never abandon us. And He will come through us through the Valley of Hurt, which is called the Valley of Acre. It says, let the Lord heal you. The end purpose of love is to love one another. We love because He first loved us. It says that uh, the love is the end of the law. And so they asked Jesus, you know, what's the greatest law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. He said all the laws summed up in this. If you do it, you're really not going to be disobedient and you're going to walk in joy because I'm not having to spank you all the time. Because the Father spanks us because he loves us. And uh, and just once again, God is love. And uh, Love your God with all your heart so in mind. And all commandments are summed up in these laws. The end is to produce God's love. Love is the only thing of permanent value. Only what you do for Christ will stand. And James says to love your enemy. And he talks about the perfect law. And the perfect law is love. We must love one another with a pure heart because you have been born. That's it. I'm there. I was going to like leave the Holy Spirit out of the conversation. Oh, my gosh. Okay, there you go. Love one another with a pure heart because you have been born again and you have received the Holy Spirit. And only with the help of the Holy Spirit can we love like we're supposed to. Because, I mean, there's times where I'm like, I can do it. I, I can love that person and they rub me wrong, and, you know, it just doesn't happen, so uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us, and we all fail, guys, we just all fail, and it does not matter what you've done, and how many times you fail, if that day you yelled at your husband, or you yelled at your children, and you feel so condemned, you feel like, ugh, I failed God, how can I even pray to you, look at me, he loves you, he doesn't, he don't want you yelling at your children, your husband, that he loves you, and he's like, girl, I love you. I know you. I know your heart. I love you. It's all good. So let, let's let the Holy Spirit convict us, and let's turn from that, and let's walk in love and want love one another. All right.
0: Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram.